0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org.
1: Very nice to see returning faces and new faces. I'm Tanya Weiser. This is Diana Clark. And um, this is the second in a four-week series on the hindrances. The hindrances are um, considered... You know they've been around for a very long time, <laughs> and as
0: long as humans have been around it
1: seems that way, yes, it seems sort of to be something we inherit, you know um, and uh they're they kind of mess with inner meditation and they mess with peace in life as well. last week, uh what we focused on was sort of a basic kind of naming the different hindrances, so there's Kind of desire or greed, aversion or ill will. So two different words, right? And there's both of those are in a full continuum from small to overwhelming, right? But um, and then there's sloth and torpor, which is a kind of a lack of energy. Um, And there's restlessness, which is too much energy, unable to sit still. And then there's doubt. Hi, welcome. So we also kind of introduced the practice of raft, recognize, accept and allow, find and feel, and then sort of tease apart as a way to start to recognize and work with these um, hindrances, these energies in our daily life um, and meditation. So we wanted to just sort of start by asking, just let's start with the R with raft, who recognized the presence of a hindrance this last week, either in a meditation or in life? Christina Are
0: you? Okay. Thank
2: you. Um, I definitely was more aware of the recognition of them. I think that that's, most of the time, that's as far as I got. But even that is big for for me to just go, oh, okay, that's there, instead of trying to, like, push away. like Beautiful.
1: Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. It really is the most important thing of the steps, right? If we don't recognize that it's happening, we can't do any of the steps. Yeah. So... Can you share anything about um, maybe what happened as a result of your recognizing? And maybe it's a whole variety. Maybe nothing changed. Maybe something shifted for you. Do you have any sense of that?
2: Um, I think for me what happened was being able to feel something wholly, like to wholly allow it to happen. Um, And try, but not too hard to give it a name, uh-huh. um, was w- what I'm working on and what I experienced since the the last time that we met. So the, the journey that is going farther than that, um, is my, is my practice. Like instead of, I can recognize something and then feel kind of submerged in it, Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh,
1: I don't know if this is true, but I actually heard that you might have actually sometimes done a little bit of accepting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you actually maybe didn't just do the recognizing, but because you said kind of see it in its wholeness, allow it to be there in its wholeness, which is, I think, a beautiful description of accepting and allowing. And it sounded like it was some work on your part to kind of turn toward this energy.
2: Yes, I've so often wanted to just go the other way when it's... So that's incredibly human of
1: you. (laughs) That we resist that which is difficult or painful. It is the nervous system using its maybe not fully developed intelligence in this regard. That that it's bringing awareness to the experience that starts to help the nervous system grow up or get a little smarter about how it handles things that are difficult or uncomfortable. So resistance and recognizing resistance actually comes hand in hand with this practice for most of us. Most of the time, not all. You know, as you as you do it more and more, you might actually find a different response coming up. Sometimes, oh, happiness can come up, right? The sense of faith or belief that actually, if I see this and recognize it, um, it, it it will bring me more ease. Yeah, bring me more choice, bring me more freedom.
0: And maybe I'll just add that that yeah. resistance, that turning away from whatever. It it was that you were experiencing then that could be considered a hindrance that turning away and then we can just practice with that and then we have an aversion to the aversion to the aversion and you just can practice with that and then so it's doesn't it's not like we can say oh now i'm actually working with the hindrances and now i'm not it's so often it's the the hindrances are showing up in different shapes and forms and often in response to an earlier one so we can just practice with whatever is alive at that moment including not wanting to be with whatever was a hindrance now we're in a new hindrance or something
1: so that was recognize and accept mm-hmm. and allow did anybody find or feel in the body the presence of a hindrance Great. Thank you,
3: Tracy. So, I've had this sinus thing going on for a couple weeks now. My head's felt very heavy. Um, And I keep fighting against this headache, wishing that it would go away. Um, It gets in the way of meditation. (laughs) Uh, But I I found that once I said, okay, there you are, headache, and I stopped saying, oh, but I wish you would go away and just say, okay, you have this headache, I felt like once I accepted it, my head didn't hurt as much, that the the pressure was less while it still hurt, but it felt like... It just wasn't as bad once I said, Okay, this is the way it is and this is the way it is instead of trying to whine about it.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. That's often what happens is when we finally turn towards something, to some degree the the problemness, the difficultiness of it kind of drains out. It's still the same experience. It's just maybe the magnitude of the problem diminishes and then it feels more tolerable and it's less of a obstacle
1: there's a um, an equation that I I really like and uh, the equation is uh, most relevant for me in relationship to physical or emotional pain and and that suffering so the amount that we're struggling and suffering with something is the pain whether it's emotional or physical that exists right that's inherent in having a body times our resistance to it. So pain times resistance equals the amount of suffering we have. So the more we tend to resist things, the more suffering there tends to be. I like that. It helps me think about sort of why it might be useful for me to let go of as much resistance as is possible. You know, I have to be in pain anyway, so you know uh, maybe less pain is better than more pain (laughs) yeah Yeah. and so you felt physically felt this the in your body the relief of the
3: physically felt a relief in my head
1: so you also sounds like you did both the um f and the t so tea is teas apart sort of separating out um our thoughts judgments right from the actual just kind of core pain or difficulty
3: right Mm. i didn't realize that but i guess so
1: Mm -hmm. yeah beautiful does anybody um whoops, did anybody notice anything about what supported you in noticing um, or gotten in the way of noticing the presence of any hindrances this week? Yeah, great microphone. Here's
0: here's a mic also we can
4: hi diana hi jordan it's nice good to see you i've see <laughs> <laughs> seen you a while um what i have been doing is if i'm struggling to be present I'm, i just ask myself like what is going on
1: beautiful you
4: know and usually with some noting i can figure out like i'm restless or name a hindrance and i think that's the hardest thing is to identify it um But just dropping in a question like, what is that? What is going on?
1: Beautiful. Uh, Tonight in the guided meditation, I was going to suggest that when we start, we just notice what is going on. Right? Just notice what's going on. Find, Find the thing that is the most strong for you. And then look at your relationship to it. You know, give yourself a little space to look at your way, relationship to it and that might help you to recognize a hindrance, right? So, it's, but that's beautiful that you're, you're, you know, noticing that, you know, finding your way into noticing. It might not start with saying, oh, I have greed or I have aversion. It might just be, oh my God, I'm really unhappy, you know, or struggling. So, so tonight's hindrance is doubt, And Diana's going to kind of give us a review of doubt and why we're starting with this one more in depth. Um, It's an important one. So thank you, Diana.
0: Yeah. So so for those of you who were here um, last week, there's a traditional, there's a classical order in which the hindrances are listed. And doubt is not the first one. But Tonya and I were thinking about this, like what's really uh, relevant and applicable to our lives And doubt is really so, uh, maybe underlies or supports all the other uh, hindrances and has such a big impact on our practice. And often it does this because it's difficult to see. And maybe it's a little bit difficult to know exactly how to work with it. So we thought we would start here with doubt, partly um, also because it can uh, easily fuel are going the wrong, or not the wrong, going a particular direction, I'll say, that is less helpful. So what is doubt? So kind of in this in this context, when we're talking about the hindrances, doubt has a particular flavor, a particular feeling, a particular meaning. And the doubt that we're talking about is this sense of hesitation, a sense of wavering, the sense of vacillation, indecision i'm i'm not sure i'm not i don't know if i should do this oh i really should be doing this other thing but wait no i i shouldn't do that because then that takes too much time or too much effort well then i'll do this other thing no i maybe i won't do that because it's i'm everybody else is good at that and i is not so good for me and we just spin around spin around with this kind of hesitation um speculation and as rather than kind of rather than connecting with our experience we're kind of spinning around it and thinking about it and kind of lost in thoughts so in some ways so there can be like a healthy supportive natural um, wholesome maybe I'll say doubt and then there's a type of doubt that's not so supportive and what I was just describing isn't so supportive but What is supportive, like I don't want us to um, throw out all of um, our doubt. All of us probably have this experience, something like this. Wow, that's a really good price for this thing. What's the catch? (laughs) And then we want to like read the uh, fine print or see what the deal is or, you know, oh, they're going to want to lock us into a contract or there's no actual moving parts. You have to buy those separate or whatever it might be. So, There's that type of doubt where then in order to, there's a feeling that like, oh, let me look at this closer to figure this out. To see what, if there's a catch or something else here. So there's a type of like investigation. There's a type of engagement when there's this sense of this doesn't quite seem right. That's healthy and what we should be doing. That type of doubt and the way that we engage with that, that is the engagement or the um, investigation, looking a little bit more closely, is a fantastic way to work with doubt when we have uncertainty. So, the um, unhealthy doubt is when, if, as I was saying, is when we find ourselves lost, wondering, is this what I should be doing right now? Or maybe we're lost wondering, is meditation the right thing that I should be doing? Or we're lost, or we have sat down to meditate and we're wondering, should I do this practice or should I do this other practice? Right, it's just this speculation, this this uh, vacillation, as opposed to kind of landing and saying, well, okay, I am going to meditate. And I'm going to meditate in such a way that i can find an answer to these questions is this is meditation helpful is it for me is it something that i want to do but we don't can't find the answers to those questions just by thinking about it instead the encouragement here is to investigate what is the impact when you meditate what are the consequences what effect does it have on you um, Is it supportive of what you want, the direction you want to be going with your life, in your daily life, in your spiritual life, your inner life? So in this way, doubt, the opposite of doubt in the way that we're talking about here is investigation. Because often, what a doubt really arises when there's these types of thoughts that I've been referring to, like "Should I do this? I don't know. Everybody else seems like they can do it, and I can't do it." The truth is, we don't really know, we don't know what's going inside people's minds, right? Just because they can sit still doesn't mean that they're you know master meditators, right? So, to uh, often, when it, what causes a doubt to arise? First of all, I'll say it's so common. Of course it is. Right in the beginning, start a new practice. Of course it is. Before you have a lot of experiences with it. It's just perfectly natural and normal to have some doubt. But um, And it also can arise, though, just when we're kind of paying attention. We're kind of meditating. We're kind of mindful. We're like more or less mindful. But... We're not really noticing that that we're having these thoughts that arise have this particular flavor of being unsure, being uncertain, being um, unclear, and we are just notice these thoughts that we aren't noticing that arise. They start to have a have an impact. They start to have a um, um, lead to a particular tone or mood or something like this and so with a little bit more um, investigation we can see oh this is a thought that's all it is it's a thought it doesn't mean it's the absolute truth how many times have you thought about something which later turned out to not to be true so this is, is it maybe something a little bit tricky too is that it's just a thought just like three days ago you had a thought about what to have for lunch <laughs> Right? Not all of our thoughts are the absolute truth. So can we recognize like, okay, this is a thought, that, and it's, it's arising, and if we're paying attention, we can see that it goes away also. So maybe I will um, also uh, put a little bit more fine detail on this, and that doubt we could kind of roughly um, separate the uh, what we have doubt about. And to doubt about the practice is mindful mindfulness really helpful? This practice comes from the Buddhist teachings. These were thousands of years ago are they even, are they even relevant to us today so there's a doubt about the teachings there's doubt about ourselves i don 't know if I can do this. It seems hard it 's actually kind of difficult it 's asking me to do things that are I don't normally do, it's, I have to feel like I have to learn something new and that feels a little bit uncomfortable to be a beginner again and to be acquiring this skill. So there can be doubt about our capacity and there can be doubt about the teachers, me and Tanya or whomever, books that you're reading, uh, podcasts, drama talks that you're listening, there could be doubt like, well, I don't know, do they really know what they're talking about? So it's all up for grabs, perfectly normal and perfectly natural to have doubt about these three. But one thing I'll say is that it's often masquerading as wisdom, and how you know whether it's wisdom or whether it's just doubt is doubt as this feeling of going in circles and feeling a little bit of stuck and not really sure. Whereas wisdom has this feeling of of um, like some clarity has like, oh right it has a feeling like an insight of a new understanding and so instead of confusion or vacillation or stuckness wisdom has a feeling like, oh oh okay, I understand now and a sense of freedom and and, uh, like a movement forward a path forward it's onward leading but sometimes we think just because it's we think because it's a thought that it uh, must be true and but it's just doubt so there's a a one a a big way to pay uh, work with us is to use r-a-f-t just as we've been talking about but sometimes it can be helpful just to notice, oh yeah, these are thoughts. I'll have another thought in 20 seconds, in 10 seconds. This thought right now is, uh, is not supportive. It's filled with doubt. You don't have to make it go away. You don't have to put yourself down that you're having it. You just recognize, oh, okay, here's a doubting thought. And maybe with that, I'll turn it back over to Tanya and she can lead us through a guided meditation. I want to
1: add um, a little exercise before we start, it, start the real guided meditation, which is let, you don't need to change your posture or anything. Just take three breaths and be with your breath. Ride it like a wave, feeling it come in and go out for three breaths. Okay. Do you feel fairly confident about your ability to be aware of three breaths? Yeah. Confidence is a really, really kind of like the opposite of doubt as well, you know? And so in your meditation, how many of you are new or question your ability to be a good meditator? Yeah. 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 So just three breaths at a time. You know, you can just just three breaths at a time. So finding what you can feel confident about and not not getting caught like Diana said in believing the thoughts about can I be a meditator? You know, like what does it mean to be a meditator? It means being aware of this breath right here, this one, in this moment. That's it. Right right here. All right. So It is helpful to take a posture that is supportive of being awake or upright, one of confidence, commitment to being with yourself and your experience. And then to feel your body resting on the floor or in the chair, grounding here, And then you might notice that it's easier to notice the breath, feeling the breath come and go. Maybe taking a few more intentionally deep breaths in and out. This can be helpful at the start of a meditation. So right now, as you're breathing, invite yourself to recognize what's true about your experience here and now. You might consider sort of scanning through the body, the heart and the mind or it might be very clear and abundantly clear to you what's happening for you right now because there's a strong experience. This first part is just that naming or recognizing, seeing, seeing what's happening for you here. And it can be subtle or strong And for the purposes of this practice tonight, you might wanna just sort of, if there's many things, just sort of choose one that feels maybe the strongest, most demanding, like it's pulling, tugging at your shirt. And just sort of imagining standing face to face with this experience. Like somebody who's come to visit you and you turn to them and you say, hello, and I see you. And if there's a name for this visitor, it's easy enough. You can use their name. If not a general term like, oh, visitor not wanted or confusion or whatever is easy. So this is recognizing and you may notice your relationship to this visitor. There may be a sense of if you're feeling calm and peaceful, it may be a sense of liking, wanting more. If it's a emotional or physical pain, it'd be very normal and natural to feel a sense of resistance to not wanting. Wanting to turn away or push away. You might also notice that there's almost a lack of interest in the visitor, a sense of fogginess or sleepiness or low energy. Or there may be an abundance of energy in relationship to this, that it's hard to stay steady. It's hard to sit still. Or there may be a sense of, I don't really know who this is. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this. Just noticing the presence or absence of any of these kinds of relationships to your experience. And then take a moment to see if you can't really as much as your heart can allow and your mind can allow Give permission for yourself to be having the experience you're having right now. It's already here. We're not endorsing, we're just (coughs) accepting that this is what's happening in our meditation. Allowing it some room, some space in our experience, in our awareness. And you may find you come in and out of this. And notice if there's a difference when you're resisting versus allowing. And when you're ready, see if you can bring your awareness into the felt sense of the experience, the way it's kind of expressing itself in your body, the energetic or the tone or the tightness or the softness, just feeling it, find it in the body and feel it. breathing with it in this way as best you can one breath at a time getting to know it in this felt way As you're ready, the next step in raft is sort of to shine the light of clarity, wisdom, teasing apart, being very clear. Oh yes, here's the way this feels. This is the experience of this. And this is my thoughts, reactions responses, maybe naming if there's a hindrance there, sort of allowing the different pieces to soften and have their own space. And just continue to practice in this way as things arise, taking your time. And you can spend a lot of time in any one of these steps. Or you can move through them quickly. And just one final encouragement is to try and bring kind of a wise and caring energy to these experience and encounters. And if you're lost in thought, just sort of noticing, taking your time, recognizing what's happening for you now, accepting and allowing your experience, feeling into the body separating out the pieces the experience and your reactions the stories beliefs maybe ask yourself is there a hindrance present here? Or maybe just ask yourself, what would be the opposite of what I'm experiencing right now? Just bringing it to mind for a moment. And then take a few deep breaths before we end our practice.
0: So thank you, Tanya. And that guided meditation, Tanya um, had reminded us, brought to mind this RAFT that we can bring to all of our experiences, no matter what it is that's arising. And maybe we don't go through all four RAFT, but maybe these are like tools. This is a toolkit that we can use. So now we'd like to hear from you just to how was that experience with um, the meditation or maybe you have some questions about what is this doubt that we're talking about or anything that you feel like you'd like to share or ask at this time. I'm not sure where the microphones are, but... Okay.
1: Great. Jordan.
4: Um, I thought this was funny because... Um, last time you taught the class we did Bella and um, so we're doing Raf this time so I was sitting here and then I caught myself I was like is Bella better or is Raf better and, <laughs> and I was like oh doubt <laughs> and I started smiling because I was like there it is right there um, so yeah I wanted to share that because yeah, I saw it I was like that's doubt right there that's <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's or there's lots of tools that we can use, and uh, we're just offering one here now, RAFT, but uh, sometimes this gets taught with BALA, which is another acronym, which has Tony introduced it briefly uh, last week. But we're focusing, I think, primarily on RAFT. Thank you, Jordan. Anybody else have a comment or a question?
1: How was the meditation? See head's nodding. What does that mean? There's,
0: There's a microphone
5: behind there, there, yeah. Um so it was pretty good. I liked your visualization of like visualize the person of like doubt or whatever. Um that really helped me. I I was able to see like this big wall of just kind of like swirling thoughts and kind of confusion is my main my main thing. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if I'm just like tired at this time of day or what, but like meditation has gotten kind of hard. It feels almost dreamlike for me, mm-hmm. like at this time of day. And I, I get really lost in my own, uh, thoughts and it's really hard for me to like dredge myself out of it. Um, I'm gonna have to try meditating at a different time of day and see if that's still a thing. But, um, I noticed that a lot with this one. I was Almost too relaxed. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So that might be the experience of one of the hindrances. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sloth and torpor, yeah. which are kind of funny words. I love to say them. They're not <laughs> in my normal vocabulary. But sloth and torpor. Yeah, and it's not unusual, of course, right in the evening to have this feeling, especially when we have Tanya guiding us has so a soothing voice and <laughs> and so. One could just say, "Okay, I recognize there's this dreamy state,
5: or you're not in your head." with mm-hmm. mean, yeah, I was trying to remind myself of that and then, like mm-hmm. bring it back to like my breathing, and that seemed to help a little bit. Beautiful, great,
0: thank you.
1: Beautiful. Anybody else? Great.
6: Um, I guess when I think about doubt, I I think about. Um, some doubts that I have about, like, um, some teachings that I've heard about people being able to get into certain states of, mm-hmm. of mind or, or whatever. And um, uh, I doubt whether I can get there. I also doubt whether um, these people are really getting into these states or if it's just a sort of cultural. Thing you know they've they've been trained that they can get into these states so they they experience that um, but I don't know if that is the kind of doubt that you're referring to as as like a, hi- a hindrance in meditation or if it's um, the other kind of doubt that you were referring to mm-hmm. um, I, when I'm doing meditation I don't f- find i i i very rarely like perceive any doubt uh there um, i i doubt that I can get into these states of of mind but that means that i'm not even trying so I'm right. not i'm not really it's not i'm not experiencing it as a doubt in my meditation i think
1: well i think you kind of right there in that last little bit sort of said how it might be a hindrance for you if you doubt your ability you're not even trying. Right? So um, I'm not I can't be that good of a meditator. I'll never get there. And when we carry that attitude into our meditation you know it definitely can affect um, how present we are with our experience. If we're thinking we can't do it can't get it so i do i do think that there is there's important times to question the teachings maybe something's presented in a way that seems a little not right to you and so i i think it's great to speak with a wise spiritual friend or a teacher about your questions and not let them kind of fester and ca- cast doubt on you and on the practice, right? Is that helpful? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Do you have Did you wanna respond to Diana?
6: Uh,
0: I think what I have to say wasn't gonna wasn't gonna add too much to what Tanya already said, so why don't you go ahead?
7: Um so lately. Or um, in the past week, I've been waking up kind of in the middle of the night and not not able to get back to sleep, and I'm having these, like, racing thoughts. So then last night, I tried to meditate, and I sat there, and it was just like the racing thoughts were louder because I was paying attention to it. Mm -hmm. And then I was sitting like that for, like, 20 or 30 minutes, and then I'm just like, forget it. (laughs) Meditation doesn't even work. (laughs) So, I mean, that was the biggest doubt right there. Like, I just gave up, and, try- and then I just laid down and was, like, you know, trying to sleep. And so um, how do you – I know that you mentioned earlier the kind of recognition, just, like, you know, sitting with it, just realizing, you know, that I'm frustrated or whatever it is. But, yeah, any more recommendations?
1: Yeah, I'll let Diana start this time and I'll add if she... Yeah,
0: so um, I have two things to say maybe. One is that the allowing part sometimes is the most difficult and it's the part that's we don't see how we're like trying to really push away and to like, ah, oh, if this would just go away then I'd be fine kind of a, a feeling. And that having this kind of pushing away, the opposite of allowing, can often that itself can be agitating and fuels some restlessness, agitation. So we just find ourselves in this loop. So it's really, I'm not saying this is easy, but to say like, okay, so here's agitation, restlessness, anxiety. Can we align with the truth of the moment? And as best we can, can we just allow it to be here? Because so often we are just being mindful in order to make it go away. And it's that in order to make it go away, part that we're not really noticing, and that as uh, not allowing the restlessness or anxiety to to settle a little bit more. I can't promise it will go away, but it's uh, it's helpful to pay attention to the attitude we're bringing or the mood that we're bringing to our mindfulness. It's, it's tricky. This is tricky. I, I think this is fantastic, though, that you, when you discovered this was happening, you're like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this out, and you, instead you discovered that, wow, this wasn't uh, the panacea that we're all hoping that it's gonna be. Yeah. Do you have something you'd like to add?
1: Yeah. So I would add um, some other kind of things that you might do are to recognize this is an uncomfortable experience. Just, and, and like, bring some self-compassion. This is the the caring at, attention. So the wisdom is recognizing that restlessness is here. And we also need the, the two wings of the birds, the compassion or the caring. So, uh, this is uncomfortable. And oh, there's aversion to it, you know, just sort of like, it might take a little bit. And then it can be really helpful to say, you know, it's not personal. Like everybody in this class experiences restlessness. Everybody in this world, and they have since time immemorial, right? Mm-hmm. So, just helping to normalize for yourself, right? Um, also, another thing that can be really helpful is when we, when we feel restless, we often um, tighten up around it, and then it's like a ball in too small of a space and it keeps bouncing off and so if we can kind of consciously try and open up, like open our space up our mind up, our energy up, maybe even your body up as you're sitting, maybe even sort of trying to relax or open your shoulders or you know, just give it more, like the idea is giving it more room you know, giving it more room is that helpful? Yes, thank you. Yeah. So, you, so it's classic, right? You had one hindrance, and then, you know, which was the restlessness, and then, you know, doubt comes in. Okay, it's determined. It's it's set. I really can't do this, you know. And then yeah. aversion. And yes. yes. It's,
0: it's very. All the above. Yes. It's
1: I want to feel better. I want to sleep, you and know. And that's a little bit of the greed. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. oh,
0: I want to sleep, yeah.
1: Yeah. So. You want want to say something, and then we'll move into small groups.
4: Yeah, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, I notice um, that I say, like I said, I have the intention to focus on my breathing when I sit down, and it's like this isn't working out so well. Maybe I should do loving kindness. So then I'm like, I get unsure on what I should do, and my question is. Um, Should I stay on, you know, with my intention of what I sat down to do? Um, Because I get conflicted.
0: Yeah. This is a good question. I think um, there's two schools of thought. One is to kind of experiment and see what feels like would be the most supportive and the most uh, helpful at that time. So if you're feeling like mindfulness is not helpful you're not able to settle down or be mindful and you know of some other practice that can be supportive to switch over to that i myself find i i do that sometimes feeling like oh right now this uh for whatever reason and often i know it's because I, in my daily life i was doing something that was a little bit agitating and then if i go and sit down it takes some time for the mind to settle so sometimes i'll start doing uh something different So your question is, is it doubt? If you're wondering uh, to switch, I would say it's doubt if you feel like you're stuck. If you feel like you're just always wondering, should I do this? Oh, maybe I should do that, I shouldn't do this. As opposed to doing something and realizing, you know, I think right now what's gonna be the most supportive, help me find a way forward, some freedom, some peace, some ease, some greater understanding. Is to do another practice? That's not n- doubt necessarily. Does does that help?
4: I guess my um, my question is like: Should I stay on task with what I set out to do, or if this doubt creeps up or something where I'm unsure of what if what I'm doing is what I should be doing? Should yeah. I switch or should I? stay doing what what I was doing.
0: Yeah, so it, it you could s- switch or do you want to say something Tanya? Or
4: It's complicated.
0: It's, <laughs> well, I maybe what I want to say is there isn't one right answer. Yeah. If you stay with it and it doesn't feel right, you'll um strengthen, cultivate, develop perseverance, mm-hmm. patience. Um some uh, diligence some confidence and these types of things if you switch and you find that uh, you're able more to get settled then you'll be developing some calmness maybe it's loving kindness some openness of the heart Mm -hmm. so it depends what your intentions are at that time and what uh, which direction you feel like you want to go does
4: that make sense? yes thank you
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, so let's break up into groups of three. So if you can find two other partners and just sort of um, set yourself up so you can hear and see each other,
0: is it a, does it is it divisible by three?
1: I don't know. If if it doesn't, then we can have a group of four or whatever. Yeah, I didn't count. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So the three of you there. And yeah, good, perfect.
1: Thank you for introducing yourselves. Please share your names. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So um, what we'll do is one person will speak at a time and the other two will be listening. And listen, you know, just with as much full receptivity as you can. Your mind might want to think about what you, you know, how you relate or don't relate or what you might want to offer as advice or response to the person. But try as much as possible to let go of that and just be receptive. Sort of like imagine you're trying to do meditation with each other, right? And you're receiving and listening. And um, when you're the speaker, it's really for you. You get to choose what you wanna say, how much you wanna say. You could say jibber-jabber, and as long as it makes sense to you, that's great. You know, Don't worry so much about sort of telling a whole story. You're only going to have a minute, minute and a half per question. Um, So, you know, really use the time for yourself. Don't worry about, you know, making sure everybody gets it. Um, So the first question. So can you choose in your groups the first speaker? Can I see a hand in each group? Somebody who will be the speaker? 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 yeah uh, of course alright so every every group has a speaker ok how can you distinguish between skillful doubt and doubt that gets in the way or is a hindrance for you so for you personally and I'll just give you a, you know about 30 seconds to think about your answer here before we start but how do you know the difference between when doubt is helpful and when it Isn't helpful. All right, please begin.